Smoking Saturday, everyone. Hope you're uh, doing well today. Uh, stay tuned. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Well, I've got something in mind. Um, I am quite excited, actually. I've, I've managed to put a book on Kindle that I'm that I've edited and um, that I'm selling. It's um, it's called a brief memoir. I've just rejigged the title of the original, so just keep this in mind: a brief memoir um, of the life and writings of John Gill, uh, and that is by John Ripon and um, his. He's the author, and then I've put myself as the editor, um, just putting in chapter headings and stuff like that, and tables of contents and uh, modernizations and abridgments, etc. But let me go ahead and uh, read to you what I wrote here on the Kindle page uh, where the book can be found. Now, just by way of introduction, I'll flesh this stuff out for you in a second. But standing, I say, uh, it says here, standing as one of the greatest theologians of Baptist history, John Gill himself needs no introduction. And I'm going to talk about Gill in a second, so just hang in there with me. Uh, later, however, came John Ripon, who pastored the same Cotillane Baptist Church in the following generation. Though Ripon himself would not be as well known, to him it was given to become Gill's most important biographer. In his work, he reveals the titan-like role of his predecessor. Uh, and he says in, in his book, such were the indefatigable labors, such the exemplary life, and such the comfortable death of this great and eminent person. If any one man can be supposed to have trod the whole circle of human learning, it was Dr. Gill. His attainments, both in abstruse and polite literature, were what is very, very uncommon, equally extensive and profound. Providence had, to this end, endued him with a firmness of constitution and an unremitting vigor of mind, which rarely fall to the lot of the sedentary and learned. It would perhaps try the constitutions of half the literati in England only to read with care and attention the whole of what he wrote. So true that, right? But then I go on to say, in statements like this from Ripon's biography, we're brought to appreciate the great treasure that he has left to the church. For this reason, while commended to all who enjoy Christian biography, this work is exceptionally important for those who would invest any length of time in studying Gill and his work. In the words of Dr. Michael Haken, Ripon's memoir is invaluable for students of Gill. This book has been presented as neatly as possible into digital format and made specifically suited to the Kindle. Uh, text size adjustments, etc., modernizations, abridgments uh, have all been kept to an absolute minimum. But, uh, for example, while chapter headings are not in the original, they've been added to allow for the most comfortable read possible and so forth and so on. So check that out. Um, it is honestly just a great little biography. Even one of my favorite, maybe. I mean... I suppose the one thing is, is it a biography? Maybe it's maybe a brief memoir, as the the book itself is entitled is probably a better way to describe it. But it's just a, a very good historiography. It just looks at the life and writings of John Gill, written by a, a man named John Rippon, who was... Uh, the he was the pastor after John Gill. Now, let me just back up in case you don't know who I'm talking about and what I'm talking about. Um... John Gill was a uh, really amazing Baptist theologian, and I, I feel like he is one of the most underrated theologians. There, there were some problems with his theology, um, but there, and that's probably why a lot of people just steer clear, uh, mostly on the on the hyper Calvinistic 
kind of deals. But the two problems with that uh, in terms of just avoiding Gill as a theologian, um, firstly, everyone has problems with their theology, <laughs> you know, and serious ones at that. I mean, oh my goodness, just a brief glimpse and take any of the good guys in history, they all have major problems with their theology. Um, and it, it's it's just one of those things. you got to learn to discern when you read. You know, no one guy is going to have every part of his his um, theology down. You know, everyone's going to be a man of their time. That's just the deal with, and it's the deal today. You know, th- there's just no one that has their theology perfect. I don't, um, even my favorite authors like Michael Horton, Meredith Kleindine, you know, the bottom line is you just have to read people with discernment. And so it just, I don't know why that seems to go out of the window when you look at church history. Sometimes people reject major towering theologians just because they had a few problems. In light of the whole, though, I mean, my goodness, this guy touched every facet of theology out there and pretty much spot on every single thing, in my perspective anyway. And uh, certainly in the Reformed Baptist tradition, he did such a good job on every front. Like his Trinitarian theology is unbelievable. Um, you know, his covenant theology is just nuanced. And and uh, there, you know, you don't have to agree with everything that he says about anything, but he's just, he touches everything. He goes everywhere. He knows, he's read the best of, of the Reformed tradition. He synthesizes it. He puts it out there for you. He's like, I think the only man who has written a commentary on every verse of Scripture and a double volume, you know, systematic theology of doctrinal and practical divinity, and uh, you know, a, a whole bunch of other books, uh, big books. So, I mean, he was honestly just a machine when it comes to theology. And his, uh, while he was to blame, I think in part for a lot of the hyper Calvinism that kept it crept into the Baptist tradition um, prior to William Carey and um, Andrew Fuller sparking things up again. Um, what people forget is the only reason there was a Baptist tradition beyond that point is because of John Gill's theology and defending orthodox truths, uh, allowing for there to even be a conviction that mission needs to happen among the hyper-Calvinists. So, you know, it's just people forget the full picture and in so doing, uh, really needlessly neglect uh, some major guys of, of church history. I can think of a few examples where this happens. But anyways, John Gill is like one of my favorites. And um, and so the reason this memoir was important to me, and uh, it, it it really did get in get me into Gill a little bit. I I remember sort of starting out thinking, who is this guy? Um, you know, usually you can get his commentary on every scripture online for free, and you know, his, most of his stuff is accessible for free. And um, you know, so I just I remember being exposed. Actually, I was looking at Calvinism versus Arminianism. And uh, I remember going back and forward from Wesley to Gill, and that's what kind of got in, got me introduced to Gill. But when I tried to figure out who he was, um, I got introduced to this little memoir, um, about, a, about 100 pages, so not that little. And it's difficult writing. It's old writing. Uh, now, when I say that, <clears throat> one of the things I like about Gill and one of the things I like about this memoir is it's not as old as it could be. You know, So if you're reading like Jonathan Owen uh well, I should say Jonathan Edwards and John Owen. Sorry, I kind of conflated those two in my mind. Uh, you know, you get it. It's Jonathan Edwards is like the same period, but I think a little bit more difficult to read. Uh, John Owen is definitely more difficult to read, and um, and so it's not that bad. It's almost it's not as easy as Spurgeon or something like that, but it's just a little bit. It's, it's you know they're not the, the language is still very recognizable and it's it's very easy to read. 
um, I think, you know, just with a little bit of a few pages in your own way, you just got to get into their zone. But it's definitely not Shakespeare or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's not very difficult in that sense. Uh, it's just old, quaint, kind of quirky language. And so, I don't know, it's kind of part of the charm of the whole thing. You read it through and... Um, and you see the stuff he talks about. It's it's kind of hilarious at, at certain points. Um, but man, it's such a cool little book. It's such a great uh, biography. Even if you never read anything by John Gill, uh, it's such a great little memoir of this great theologian. And you just learn things. I mean, it's so. I've always been so inspired by the story. Um, he he, like. So basically, as a Baptist, you you pretty much were being persecuted. You were a dissenter. You. You couldn't. Uh, you didn't have access to the universities of the day, and and uh, Gill, though he was this, uh, he showed so much uh, promise as a student. He wasn't uh, allowed to go to school beyond the the age of eleven because, uh, you know, they they made you go to an Anglican service, and back in the day, that was like a massive uh, thing when when the whole. Um, Baptist thing had just taken off and persecution was huge and and so yeah you're really a second class citizen if you were a Baptist and um, and so he he was kept from from a formal education and um, really a guy like that would have gone to the best schools uh, and if if he was in the Anglican Church let's say and um, and yet. He excelled so much, even by the age of 11. I mean, it's crazy. He was reading, he read all the Latin classics. Not only did he learn Latin, but he had read all the Latin classics. He had read all the Greek classics. He had learned Greek all by the age of 11. Learned Hebrew by himself soon after that. Just picked up a little, like one of the one of the old grammars um, that just are very, very difficult to do. Um, maybe the new grammar is easy enough, but... But those old grammars, wow, we those things were intense. And so he just picked that up by himself and learns Hebrew. So he's obviously a genius and um, and just kept on learning and learned and learned and learned. And I mean, he was by far the most accomplished thinker and writer and you know in his day. And um, he very soon then uh, after I think he published the his exposition of every verse in the scripture <laughs> and uh, he gets awarded a, a doctor of divinity degree from Aberdeen University which was uh, you know pretty pretty massive back in the in the day and uh, they just wanted to acknowledge like listen man you know you know more than anyone out there and and he was uh, he turned into this major Hebrew scholar uh, got hold of some Hebrew scholars books and like you know they got passed on to him and he read them all and just fascinating, this guy. Um, the way that he, um, yeah, I just, I just feel like, wow, why aren't people? You read through a memoir like that, and you're like, why, why do people not uh, give him more attention? I mean, no one even compares in, in, in some respects. In fact, Spurgeon said that. He said, you know, we're talking about Gill's commentaries. In some sense, he has no equal. Uh, he's just so freaking amazing <laughs> in that he just touches. I mean, he read everything, <laughs> and, and he kind of synthesizes it through this Puritan lens, and yet without the difficulty of the normal Puritan problem in that you've got, you know, you, re you read through those Puritan commentaries, they're very convoluted and very difficult to read, and um, and he stated these things simply and put all the stuff out for his people and for the church, and a lot of it came from his preaching, and man, anyway, it's just I couldn't recommend him highly enough, and uh, again, so, you know, John Ripon is the is his first biographer and I think probably his most important biographer 
there have been a few since then, but nothing that really, uh, you know, it, it may be it, nothing that um, is quite as important and just primary as, as John Rippon's um, work. So I'm, I feel stoked to just have a little part to play in putting that out there and, and um I might just, um, as we go, I'll, th- I'll throw a, a few more additions out there. I mean, I just threw a, a cover together with the, with the Amazon um, uh, kind of thing that they give you. And uh, it looks okay. You know, I'll just work on that a bit. And um, and I'll just work on those chapter headings. What I do want to do, though, and this is what I'm quite excited about, I'll use all this podcasting gear to do an Audible book that goes hand-in-hand hand with the... Um, Life and Writings of John Gill, the, the Brief Memoir. So that'd be awesome, because that's not in existence right now, and I think I can do that. It's all open domain. Um, and so that might be a bit of work, but it'd be worth it, because if you prefer to listen to that old stuff, just as someone narrates it to you, then uh, hopefully that would be something that you would you would go ahead and check out. And if not, what I'm hoping, here's my um, agenda and all of this, I'm hoping to, to get you interested. Um, this is definitely as a pastor or theologian to get you interested in, in the works of John Gill, but but just for anyone. He's got a commentary on every verse of Scripture. You can always check out what he said about things. Uh, he's got a f- double-volume systematic theology on every point of doctrine. Um, I might even just spend a few sessions in the future just to point out exactly where I think the problems lie, and so you can just you can be careful around those areas, but otherwise just to just uh, you know, there he is. I mean, usually you get all that for free uh, if you're going to just download PDFs and stuff. Um, I might even, as I'm talking, I might even th- throw a few books like this of segments in John Gill's systematic theology, like maybe his covenant uh, biblical theology or something, stuff that relates to two-age sojourner. I might do that, do a similar thing with that and put it out on Kindle. I have got an idea. I did want to do something with John Newton as well. Um, his... Uh, not John, John Newton, Isaac Newton, sorry. Uh, no, not Isaac Newton. Isaac Watts. Um, Logic. Um, and uh, The Improvement of the Mind. Two great books, again. Just, uh, I can't believe no one knows about them more. I suppose a lot of people do know about them, but I want more people to know about them. They're great books. Um, and so, yeah, anyways, bottom line is, go check that out. I'll put a, a blog link. Um, great Saturday read. <laughs> You know, if you're just chilling out and you want to just get psyched about some biography, um, man, it's it's old. It's a bit of a challenge. But like I said, if, if it's too much of a thing, buy the little Kindle and then read along with the Audible when it comes out. I'll try and get that done um, as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoy that. And uh, go and buy it, man. Give me some money from all my hard work and putting little chapter headings. Let me know if there's a problem with it as well. Uh, if you do, go ahead and buy it. All right, well, that's it. So, hey. Go to church tomorrow, right? I am commanding you. Actually, God commands you. So, whatever. Do it.